guys, it's Margaret from the future coming in here for a disclaimer before we start today's episode. Um, again, I apologize that last week there was no episode and I had to move it to this week. If You can probably tell by listening to my voice, but I've been sick. Uh, I've had a sinus infection, so I guess like not technically sick in the sense of having the flu or COVID. Um, I did get tested and I was negative, by the way. Yay. But I have just been, like, under the weather. I've, I've had a lot of congestion. I've had drainage in my throat. It's because of allergy season. Allergy season is just so cruel, and I'm allergic to grass. And so when the grass starts, like, blooming, I get all sniffly and stuff. So I just haven't felt like editing or really doing anything lately. Um, and I do apologize for that. Hopefully once I'm better, the episodes will, will be more consistent again. But um, I wanted to give a content warning for today's episode. I recorded this before I got sick, kind of in the heat of the moment as an emotional response to some news I discovered. I meant to actually completely re-record this episode and do more research and have it make a bit more sense and have a better um, flow to it. But as you can tell by my voice, I just have not felt up to re-recording. So I'm actually just going to release the raw version that I did um, really off the cuff just as an emotional response to some some news but there is a content warning this episode will discuss uh, violence against women police brutality racism sexism so if that is not something that you want to listen to please go ahead and click off of this episode i do not mind i want you to prioritize your mental health first and foremost i'd also like to add feel free to disagree with me respectfully. Not everyone is going to share the same opinions on things, and that's fine. Um, I just ask that if you do want to start a discourse with me, you do so nicely, because I I love to have respectful debates with people. Um, And also, if I made any errors in this episode, or if there is research that's missing, feel free to inform me. I can always make another episode on this topic with more research if you guys would like. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I know everything about this topic. I have a lot of learning that I'm still doing. This is just my response to some news in the world. But thank you guys so much for your understanding and your patience. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Also, if you'd prefer to read this podcast, you can find the full transcript on my blog, mapofmargaret.com. That's map of M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T.com. Click on the podcast transcripts link and the latest two episodes should be there. Also, don't forget to check out the Instagram at get underscore unbothered. You can see tons of cute pictures of Evie there and see some other helpful information, you know related to all sorts of topics like mental health and whatnot. So yeah, that's also there too. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. Hello, hello, lovely friends. Welcome back to Get Unbothered. Today's episode is going to be a bit heavy, a bit um, hard to talk about, but I think that it is important and that it needs to be said. So what inspired me to record this episode 
tonight as opposed to like a few weeks down the line when I had originally planned to record this um, is the murder, kidnapping and murder of a British woman, Sarah Everard. I hope I'm saying her name right. I haven't actually watched any videos um, detailing what happened to her because, quite frankly, it is just too painful. I've only read articles, so if I am mispronouncing her name, my sincerest apologies. Um, I believe it's Sarah Everard. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, if you don't know, um, a London Metropolitan Police officer has been charged with her kidnapping and murder. Uh, she disappeared while walking home, and this entire incident has just sort of brought back into light um, issues regarding the safety of women and sexual assault. So, I know that this incident occurred in the UK, but here in the US we have a lot of the same issues. We've had the Me Too movement, we've had Black Lives Matter trying to address and shed light especially on the police brutality that happens against minority groups, especially people of color and Black Americans. Uh, we had um, in the last year, so many people um, murdered by police. Um, some names that you're probably familiar with would be George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be well-versed in what is going on in this kind of discourse overseas in other countries, but at least in the U.S., uh, for the past few years, we've had an increasing amount of rightful, just outrage um, toward the corruption of police officers, particularly when it comes to minority groups and women of color especially are very marginalized. Uh, we've had issues brought to light seeing how trans women are more likely to be murdered than cisgendered women. Um, trans people in general are more likely to be the victims of violent crimes. Um, women, anyone who presents as female is at an increased risk as well. People of color at, are at an increased risk for these violent crimes. And what has really got me so shaken up about this case involving Sarah is that she was kidnapped and murdered while walking home, which is kind of every woman's worst nightmare. It is, it is the story that we're all told as children um, by our mothers or fathers or caretakers, and that is if you are a girl, you are vulnerable you are susceptible to danger and it is up to you to protect yourself, to be always on alert, to have a weapon with you, whether it be clenching your keys between your fingers so that you can use it as a makeshift weapon if you're attacked, or to carry pepper spray, mace, something that you can use to spray 
into your attacker's eyes and bide yourself enough time to get away. We're taught not to listen to music with headphones because it makes us less aware of what's going on in our surroundings. I've even been told not to wear my hair in a ponytail when I'm out exercising because, like, some creepy perpetrator could potentially use my ponytail to grab onto and subdue me easier. So, I mean, really just being a woman or presenting as female or identifying as female, um, being non-binary, like, wherever you are on the spectrum of gender... If you are not the typical white, cisgendered, straight male, I mean, you are at risk for violence. And the more minority boxes that you add to your identity, the greater the risk that you seem to have. So obviously, you know, I am at less risk than a woman of color might be, but I definitely have more risks than, say, a white guy who's walking home at night. So, I mean, we all have different, we all have different amounts of privilege. We all have different amounts of risk factors to take into consideration. But what really bothers me is that overall it seems that to be a woman is to be a target, just a constant target. And it's exhausting. It's tiring, as you can probably tell by my tone. Like, I'm not upbeat and happy like I usually am when I record these podcasts. And that's because, like, when I see any sort of gender violence or violence based on race, based on religion, based on sexuality, Anytime I see violent crimes committed against those marginalized people, my heart just feels so heavy because no one should have to endure that pain. No one's family should have to receive that phone call. No one should have to teach their children to defend themselves while walking home at the age of 10. And I can vividly remember when I first became aware of the male gaze as a young girl, when I started to try to hide my body and kind of shrink away and keep attention off myself because I was so scared that someone was going to grab me and throw me in the back of some creepy white van that you see on the TV shows and on the the news whenever whenever these reports are filed, the stereotypical, I think what we call it where I'm from, is the rape van. And the fact that it even has a name just just exemplifies how prevalent this problem is in our society. And obviously not just in the West, but all over the world. What, No matter what country you're in, violence against women is happening, it's rampant, and the habitual precautions that women have to take to stay safe is just insane. It, it makes no sense to me why we live in a world where women have all of these different ways to stay safe while we're walking alone, whether it's 
um, pretending to be on the phone with someone, using those apps that send your location to a trusted family member or friend, not wearing headphones, carrying pepper spray, enrolling in self-defense classes, um, having a large dog with you at all times for protection. I mean, there's so many, so many ways that women are taught to keep themselves safe. And I mean, really the emphasis should be on teaching other members of society to not be violent, to not have desires to rape and murder and kidnap innocent people off the streets. I mean, you would think, you would think that the emphasis would be on keeping criminals off the streets and keeping criminals at bay, but no, instead we have created a society that just instills this fear in women. And when women are stalked or followed or assaulted even, oftentimes we're blamed for what we didn't do, for what we were wearing, for um, being too friendly or too nice. And then if a woman, for example, says, you know, I was simply minding my own business and this person attacked me or this person made me feel uncomfortable, they might be met with harsh criticisms with, um, well, why didn't you just do X? Like, there's just so much victim blaming that occurs. Like, it's no wonder that women and people who are potential targets for these violent crimes, it's no wonder that we stay silent and we don't report and we don't um we don't share our stories because we know that we're going to be met with ridicule and shame and victim blaming and in reality we should be met with support and solidarity and society as a whole should be trying to figure out how we can keep everyone safe and how we can validate the stories of women and victims of violence. How can we accommodate them and make their lives easier? Because trauma is something that is very difficult to navigate and survivors of violence have so many obstacles ahead of them that People who haven't been through this sort of thing can't even begin to comprehend. And that's if, that's if they're lucky because like Sarah, many women will never have the opportunity to work through and heal from the trauma because their life will be gone. It will have been taken from them much too soon. And to know that we have in both the US and the UK and I'm sure countries around the world, police officers who are pretty much um, revered and loved by society as a whole, despite the blatant and obvious corruption going on, is just the icing on the shit cake. Because how, how can we have so many examples of police brutality 
police violence and still it takes so long to really do anything that prompts meaningful change, not just a few protests, not just a few riots, but actually getting in there and changing laws, making legislation, changing police academies, basically overhauling the entire system. How come we cannot seem to get to that point? How many dead bodies is it going to take to actually improve our criminal justice system? Both in the way it's enforced through police officer training and in the way it's carried out with the criminal justice system as in prisons because that's a whole nother issue. We essentially have slave labor happening in prisons where um, disproportionate amounts of people of color, low-income people are convicted of crimes that they maybe did or didn't commit, but the sentence is harsh and it involves a lot of very low-paid labor and prisons essentially have quotas, police officers have quotas, there's there's a certain number of people that need to be behind bars at all times to keep the money flowing and it's very corrupt and a lot of these officers are not trained to the best of their abilities. You know, they're a bunch of power-hungry creeps and they are patrolling our streets. And, you know, you might say, not all cops, blah da yada yada But honestly, I'm just tired of hearing that expression. I'm tired of hearing not all cops. I'm tired of hearing not all men. I'm tired of hearing not all white people. Um, you know, I'm a white person and I personally don't take any offense when I hear people say white people are racist because you know what? We freaking are. We freaking are racist. And of course... When people say that, they're not truly saying all people in this category are X, but it is a way to sort of wake up the people in that category so that they can evaluate their own behavior and their own privilege and do something to make a difference. So when I hear white people are racist, it reminds me to get off my ass and make sure that I am doing the educational work that I need to be doing to be the best ally that I can be. And when guys hear that men are sexist, men are violent, men are whatever, instead of throwing a little bitch fit about trying to defend your own fragile ego, maybe instead focus on your own actions, your own behavior, and your own internalized ideas about women, about what's going on in society today, and ask yourself, how can I prove to the women in my life that I'm not like those guys, that I'm better than that? How can I get the guys around me to also be aware of these issues and be an ally and be a feminist? How can I be the best feminist I can be? Because I'm telling you, it's sad, but it's true. Guys have a tendency to listen to the other men in their lives. Um, women, we can talk and talk and talk and talk, and our words oftentimes fall on deaf ears because 
it's just a fact men tend to not respect women's opinions as much as they respect their male peers. So if you really want to prove not all men are misogynistic, then get off your ass and be the person, be the man that the women in your life deserve. They deserve to have good, high-quality men in their life. Be that guy. Be the guy who is watching out for the women around him. Even if these women are strangers, even if you're at a bar and you don't know these girls, if you see a guy acting shady, say something, intervene. You know, the bystander effect is real. And a lot of times we think that we should just mind our own biz- our own business. And sure, if safety is a legitimate concern, I'm not telling you to insert yourself into a potentially dangerous situation no matter what your gender is. But I think that everyone needs to collectively be aware of the shadiness that's going on around us in society. We, as women and guys out there, like, do what you can to protect us. Women, we need to do what we can to protect each other. Um, But it just makes me so sad that walking home at night can put you in such grave danger. Everyone should have the right to get home safely, regardless of if you're intoxicated or if you're wearing a skirt that's a bit short. It doesn't matter. You should not, you should not have the thought when you look at someone, oh, she's not wearing very modest clothing. She must she must want me to have sex with her. No, she does not want you to have sex with her. That is just such a, such a poor thought process to have. And we need to stop blaming people and we need to stop blaming women for being attacked, for being targeted based on what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. You could be wearing a full-blown, um, full-body full coverage outfit and someone could still decide that they want to assault you and I just really want everyone out there to stay safe because we we just don't know we don't know who is in our neighborhood we don't know who's following us we don't know who's been stalking us Um, I'm not trying to put too much fear into your heart or into your brain, but harassment is a very real threat, and it is very important that we do what we can to keep ourselves safe, but again, going back to what I said earlier, women really, we should not have to live in fear, we shouldn't have to change our behaviors to keep ourselves safe we really we really need to work on doing better as a society because the fact that the responsibility for safety in public falls solely on a woman's shoulders is absurd um i was reading an article that suggested men have a curfew because You know, men are more likely to be the perpetrators of these crimes. So maybe instead of having women 
um, carry pepper spray and learn self-defense, maybe we should just say that all men have to be home by 9 p.m. so that the women can all get home safely without being attacked or followed or threatened. So that's, that's a very interesting perspective, and I don't disagree. <laughs> um, also, one more thing that I would like to point out is in the UK and Canada and other parts of the world, it is actually illegal to carry or um, use pepper spray even if you are being attacked. And I think this is absolutely ridiculous because pepper spray is a safer option to carry than a gun. Um, it is easier to use than a gun. And it is something that any woman can easily purchase and store and use in a situation that calls for it. And to have the use of pepper spray um, elicit a ten a potential ten year prison sentence just further um, further shows how society truly values men's autonomy over women's because a man can very easily overpower a woman in a fist fight and using a gun or a knife or any other lethal weapon carries much greater risks because if a, an attacker overpowers you and gets your gun away from you or gets your knife away from you, they just have another, another way to potentially lethally harm your person. So the fact that women are not even allowed to carry pepper spray just says it speaks volumes. It essentially says that women deserve to be assaulted. Women deserve to be attacked and raped and murdered um, because you're, you're essentially saying, like, the, the people who do this assaulting, the people who carry out these crimes, like this police officer who will probably see very little jail time, I mean, these, these criminals, they get away, they get away with assault all the time. They get very little jail time or they are released early on, quote, good behavior. We've seen judges, for example, in the case of Brock Turner, prioritize the, quote, promising bright futures of these criminals and are saddened that they have to essentially do their time but women who are trying to protect themselves, who are trying to keep themselves from harm, will ultimately be charged and convicted of carrying and using pepper spray. So, yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. But this is just a testament to why feminism is so important, why we need to protest, why we need to spread awareness, and why we need to ultimately start conversations that ignite change. I realize this episode has been very sad and very, um, very serious, but I do appreciate you listening, and I hope that you stay safe out there, and if you're a guy listening, don't don't be an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you next time.